everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD and anxiety and anxiety spectrum disorders and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss, and I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I am recording this episode on the spookiest day of the year. Um, It is, in fact, Halloween Day. I'm going to try to release this today because there's been a snafu with my podcasting system. Everything is falling apart. Ugh. Things have happened. Uh, My whole schedule has gotten thrown apart for a number of reasons. Hopefully things will get back to normal, but it has resulted in some podcast episodes being uploaded twice and some just not even uploading and some recording wrong and everything is so weird in my life right now. Things will get normal again, maybe. Were they in the first place? I don't know. But I will... I'm going to try to change my system and be more consistent and more reliable. And yet, here I am. Here I am. And I will make mistakes again, as will you, dear listener. So, uh, all right. Well, first off, I hope everybody has a wonderful Halloween. Um, for those of you who are celebrating Halloween, for those of you who enjoy uh, the the festive holiday of Halloween. I, I really like it. I love it, in fact. Um, my neighborhood goes bonkers for Halloween. It's one of those neighborhoods, and I did not know this. I think I probably told you all this last year. I didn't know that I moved into a Halloween neighborhood when I bought my house. We just bought the house. It was like, oh, it's a cute house. The thing. And the neighborhood loses their mind. I'm talking like the, you know, the 20 foot skeletons and not just one, like five and all these other things they do. And they're, and it's like a whole candy bar neighborhood. We are not giving out whole candy bars, but it's like the neighborhood that like you drive from your neighborhood across town to come into this ridiculous place. It's super fun. And it's also not, um, well, it's, it's a lot of pressure to then have to put up our decorations. We've got our cute little, like, um, I made this like little like light boxes uh, out of um, you know discarded wood. It was it's um, it's very shabby chic. So they're you know twenty years out of out of vogue or out of fashion. But um, I think they're cool. And every other house is bonkers and crazy. Um, it's also a weird time. Um, I'm finding that in, I'm talking to my kiddos about this, and you know there's just like weird experience of like being scared by something and they not like it and being scared by something and kind of liking it. And we're kind of trying to draw that line between what's scary fun, what's scary not fun. And, you know, my, you know, like the big baby is five. So, you know, she's kind of struggling to try to figure out what those feelings are. And, you know, it, it's, they're very interesting conversations because I think a lot of times, you know, we, when we talk about feelings, you know, in anxiety and OCD land, you know, we talk about them as neutral experiences, right? The feelings that our body experiences when we feel scared or when we feel anxious are sometimes the feelings that we get when we are excited or anticipating something fun, right? And sometimes that, 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 that bad scary can be a good scary, and sometimes that bad scary can just be bad scary, right? And when we say bad, I'm using, you know, I'm simplifying it, right? It's just Right now, I want to feel this scary feeling, and other times I don't want to feel the scary feelings. And sometimes, when I feel the scary, th- those feelings that I sometimes round up to scary, sometimes I feel them and I call them good, right? 
Feelings are confusing, everybody. It's what I'm trying to tell you. And part of what we do in treatment, part of everything, hopefully I've made this point, is that what we're trying to do is to say, all right, instead of jumping to the, quote, the solution of compulsion to eliminate the bad thing, can I first put a pause between this feeling that I have and my reaction, the feeling that I have in my compulsion, to say I feel this, and can I, fe- can I let myself feel whatever this is? It can be a, it, it can be, you know, something that feels really big and overwhelming. It's something that feels really sharp and painful. But can I feel it? for a period of time, can I increase my willingness and my tolerance to have a broader range of emotional experience, even in that state? It doesn't mean that we have to like it, and nor does it mean that we have to then get rid of it. I mean, through any special means, that feeling will eventually pass, because it always does. The feeling will pass, you know, if we feel really scared when we're going by a, you know, creepy um, uh, decorated house, If we just keep driving, our brain will get distracted by something else and that feeling will go away. If we were to park and stare at that house and just look at it, we would feel uncomfortable. But eventually, as we keep looking at it and noticing what caricatures are up there, how they're made, what it's like, what the other surroundings are, eventually our brain will learn this thing isn't scary and dangerous. We kind of get used to it. Who knows? We might even become entertained by it. But that feeling is still that feeling of discomfort. Your your brain originally was saying, something here may be dangerous or dangerous adjacent. So do something about it. But when we can say, I know this isn't dangerous. the con- One of the conversations I'm having with my daughter a lot is, you know, it, it's, it's all imaginary. Where it's all pretend. It's all fake. Same thing with, you know, the Haunted Mansion ride. It's, it's quite literally smoke and mirrors. And when we can turn our attention towards our thoughts and towards our body's feelings and not say, this is, a, this is a sign of something bigger and more dangerous or this is a fact, but instead saying, can I be curious about how this experience is made? Can I look behind the curtain, as it were, and see what is bringing me to this sense of panic or the sense of danger? Is it certainly the feeling in my body? Yeah, and I get that feeling sometimes when there is a real danger. All right. Can I get this, you know, can I take a a look at my thought? Well, I'm getting this mental image of something scary. I mean, we can say, all right, that mental image isn't really happening right now. It's kind of me imagining something in the future, but it's not real right now. But I don't want that thing to happen, but I can see that it's an image of something that I don't desire. And then maybe I can think about something from the past that might be tangentially related to this that may have made me scared in the past or may have been a real danger in the past or this time that I saw this news story about this thing that happened to this other person and that was bad for them. And man, I don't want that happening to me. And we can look at it and create an awareness of how this fear is created. And not to say I need to gain control over it, but I can take a step back from it and say, this may not be a fact, and I'm, and I'm going to give myself permission to now have it, and think it, and feel it, and say, I'm going to call this okay, and if a danger really arises, 
I will deal with it when it comes. But for right now, I'm not seeing anything other than that which is created in my mind and created in my body. And, the, and over time, the more that we let ourselves feel that, the easier it gets, and the more we start to learn about what our body does and, and kind of become acquainted with the ups and downs and the ins and outs of our experience. So, I'm going on a tangent, I suppose, but um, Halloween is an interesting time for a lot of people, and uh, of obviously many ages, and it's a time to start reflecting, perhaps, on what makes other people scared, what makes us scared, and how do we start to reconcile those two? How do we start to see, are there things within, are there things that I'm afraid of that someone else would look at and say, well, they're not afraid of that. And why is it that they would say they're not afraid of that? Why would they say it's quote, not a problem? Is there a way for me to step out of my anxiety just for a moment to consider it? And maybe that's through a conversation with friends, through your, with your therapist. And maybe that's, that's a time when you start to consider both those sides of yourself, not in a ruminative manner um, of like, you know, going back to the, going back to the well and continually relitigating the same thing, but to say, you know, my most logical mind, if, can I petition that part of me for just for a few moments and see, is there something, is there a different way to view this? And if there's a different way to view this, is there a different way to react to it? So, all right, I'll get off my mini soapbox uh, for today, and I will get to a question. So I got a, a, I have a question from a listener today, to no surprise. Well, sometimes to a surprise, I suppose. Um, oh, I should say, for anybody who's new, this is the FearCast. Um, just very briefly, if you uh, would like to have a question answered on the FearCast, go over to fearcastpodcast.com, click, click on the submit a question link, find me over at Instagram, I'm in, I am uh, Fearcast Podcast over there, and you can send me an audio question, you can send me a text question there as well through the DM. But uh, send me an audio question, send me a DM and through the little, um, the little, there's a microphone button, click on that, record your voice in one minute segments and I'll edit it together. Send that to me. You can send me the audio question through uh, the website as well. Those will get to the tippity top of the list as best I possibly can. And um, that is how this goes. And let us proceed to the question. So this question today comes from Dennis. Dennis says, <clears throat> He doesn't say cough. I added that part. I improved. All right. Dennis says, I've had a fear of radiation for the past 35 years. My current issue revolves around thoriated welding rods. I hope I'm saying that right. Thoriated welding rods. Uh, thoriated welding rods that a consumer or that a consumer product welder uses. Many specialists in the field of radiation argue that no radiation good radiation. And then they say, parenthetically, linear threshold model. I don't know what that means, Dennis. I hope somebody does. They go on to say, um, uh, the more you get exposed, the greater the risk of cancer. All right, we're going to hold on to that. So if there is, um, or uh, if that is the case, how can my fear be irrational if the risks are very real? Shouldn't I protect myself and my family from this poison? I admit that this fear of radiation has caused me much grief in my life. I've left jobs, washed everything and anything, and engaged in all the ruminations and compulsions you can think of. Right now, I'm depressed, and I have uh, and have a constant itch throughout my body. Not to mention the anxiety and guilt that I'm hurting uh, hurting my family every time I walk in the house. 
it's so hard to take the first step towards treatment because uh, uh, because every bit of duct I see, they wrote duct, D-U-C-T. I, I'm going to treat that as not a misspelling. Um, every bit of duct I see, I think it's thorium. Uh, this all started after starting a new job with a labor hire company and going through files containing documents signed by welders. Um, and then they said something about, they, they sent me a previous email, but it wasn't a question. They, I think they probably just gave me a digital high five. So anyhow, so, all right, Dennis, thank you so much for this question. This is a conundrum and I can imagine a lot of people, I, I, a lot of people are in this position and for a number of different reasons. Okay. I'm going to be drinking coffee throughout this because I am exhausted and to no surprise, everyone knows I'm going to be just assume that if I'm awake, I'm probably drinking coffee at all hours. This is not the healthiest thing I do, but it's the thing that I do. All right, back to Dennis. All right. So this is something that does happen for a lot of people, this concern that, um, you know, what if I'm contaminating myself? What if I'm contaminating others? And you could say, all right, people agree that there is a risk associated with X so it justifies my compulsive behavior, avoidances, rumination, etc. We draw that line, and then we so it, it's it's out of the goodness of our heart, and it's out of a it's out of a self protection and other protection that we do this. Now, I hear what you're saying in that, but the problem is, is that it, it as you've said, it's not solving the problem that you're wanting it to solve, right? So, and there may be two layers of protection here that, that, that you're seeking. The one layer of protection being tangible, being health, all right? So, you're saying, I'm doing all these things to protect myself about the risk of, uh, from the risk of getting cancer. Okay, that may be one thing, but then there's the other part of um, ruminations and cleaning and washing, etc., to try to satisfy the emotional contamination of the item. Now, emotional contamination is a specific term we talk about for something else, but I'm going to use that term today uh, periodically because it sounds like that there is a worry of this contamination that is that or th this radiation contamination, but it's 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 attacking you emotionally, and that fear and anxiety is what's getting you, not that not necessarily tangible physical cancer. Okay. So there are a couple of different layers to that. So as we've talked about before with, with anxiety, um, and, and this and, and Dennis, your question is, it, it's, it's an interesting one. It's a good one. I mean, it kind of, by the way, it, it kind of goes back to the previous episode, actually, um, kind of previous episode. If you look at episode 161, um, I talk about a question about someone who is who has a fear of, uh, the, the, the episode question is, or the, the, the title of the episode is, balancing mental health with a fear of missing potential medical emergency. So it might be one worth checking out, Dennis, if, if you haven't already. But, um, but kind of in that episode, what I was talking about was how do you deal with the fact that, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you have your health anxiety and you want to stay on top of your health, which is good. But then you also have this part of you that's, that, that you know is anxious and ruminative and goes through the anxiety and OCD cycle, and that you know that, too, that there can be too much of something. And we need to find this balance of what is safe and what is too much and what is diminishing returns. Or even now, it crosses that line into more problematic. 
And I'm willing to bet, Dennis, that you've fallen into that pattern. So as the OCD cycle goes, right, we've got internal and external triggers, which are neutral. They're just things that are out there, and they can lead then into this obsessive thought, what if blank, or if blank, then blank. Sometimes that obsession is also makes us something, or it makes us doubt something we trust or know about ourselves. Maybe it's something characterological about ourselves. Maybe it's, I, I'm, I'm a good person. And then the question is, well, maybe you're not a good person. We go, well, that doesn't make any sense. And then we go into the cycle of trying to figure out whether or not I am a good person or trying to prove that I'm a good person or trying to scour myself for all the bad things that I've done to balance them with the good things, etc. So that obsession is the story of what's going to happen to us or for us or because of us. It leads to this anxiety or fear or doubt or, or discomfort. And we try to eliminate that fear through compulsive acts. We try to eliminate the fear, that bad feeling, or we try to make sure that that story that's playing in our head is not going to happen. I think that's what we're talking about here, Dennis, with these two sides. You're trying to eliminate, one, the feared story of you or your family getting cancer. That's step one. And two, you're trying to eliminate that feeling of, of anxiety. You're trying to alleviate the guilt or the responsibility or just the discomfort. So you've done that through or you've tried to do that through rumination and through washing, et cetera. And I'm willing to bet that periodically, because after you do the, the, the compulsion, it gives you a little bit of relief, just a little bit of relief. And it feels good and feels confident and you feel strong and feel um, caring, et cetera. Back to baseline. But then that question comes up again. Are you sure? Have you done enough? Isn't there something else that you could have done? Did you wash deeply enough? What if you missed a part? Or it's just you've done all the things and that feeling doesn't go away, which your brain then says, well, the feeling is there, the anxiety is there, I should keep going, I should look harder, I should start the process again, right? And this is the insidious nature of it. And sometimes when it, once it works, your brain, it, it reinforces that cycle because your brain went, I felt bad. I had this uncomfortable thought. I did this thing. The feeling went away and I felt good again. And now your brain says, well, if I ever get this thought again, here's what I need to do. But it's a false sense of reassurance. It's a false self sense of confidence. Okay. So, Remember, in treatment, we're trying to eliminate compulsions. It's the one thing that you can do is to eliminate the compulsions. But as you're saying, it's going to leave you in a state of uncertainty. And it's going to theoretically, according to anxiety, leave you in a place of danger. You're putting yourself and others in danger because you're not doing the safe thing. So what do we do? Well, there's a tricky balance, and this is kind of what we were getting at in the previous episode, episode 161, is to say, all right, how do we then sit with that feeling? Or here, here's what we can, we can do. With things that we're trying to be safe, well, let's, step, let's start with existentially. We don't know if the thing that you're doing is preventing you from getting cancer if you were ever going to get it in the first place. Even if you were to expose yourself to something that has radiation or something radioactive, it doesn't mean that you get cancer. It doesn't mean that you don't get cancer. It just means that we don't know. Some people ex get cancer with minimal or no or minimal amounts of intentional radi uh, radiation exposure, minimal of, or or no intentional. 
And some people don't get cancer when they've been working in a nuclear plant for years, right? It's that we don't know. That's scary. And that's scary for all of us. It's saying, I don't want this thing to happen. I don't want this thing to happen to you, Dennis. But we don't know if it's going to happen. So what do we do about it? It means that for the, for the average person, and even for you, we find a level of action that we're willing to do. Uh, find a level that is going to be acceptable, but knowing that your anxiety is going to say, always do more. This was kind of the conversation we are having in the middle of the pandemic, right? How much washing is too much washing? Well, let's say your, your anxiety wants you to go to level A, but then or, let's say everybody else is, you know, the CDC and everybody else would say, wash for 30 seconds. And your brain said, mm, 30 seconds ain't enough. Do five minutes, right? Oh, let's be generous. Do, do one minute, right? But then CDC says 30 seconds is enough right? Your brain says, well, 30 seconds ain't enough. So then we decide, is that one minute worth it to you? If it is, great. Live with it. Do it. And if it's too much, if it's causing you more harm and damage, then we need to find a level that you're willing to do, knowing that your anxiety is going to say do more. And that's what we're then sitting with, is that feeling of doing more, even though we're deciding what we're going to do. So for you, I'm willing to bet that within your business, they've said, hey, this is, the, this is a way that you can be safe around radiation. Do A, B, and C, X, Y, and Z. So do that. Do that. That is the amount that they've said is the right thing to do, is the healthy thing to do. Now, your anxiety may say, mm, I can't trust the government. Mm, I can't trust OSHA. Mm, I can't trust what my boss is going to say. I need to listen to, listen to what? Your anxiety? Did your anxiety go to nuclear reactor school? Did your anxiety uh, have a degree in thermonuclear anything? I'm willing to bet no, but I don't know you, Dennis. It's possible. Point is, we're trusting, in this story, you're saying, I trust my anxiety more than these specialists, these authorities. Our anxiety is going to take us to the worst case scenario. Our anxiety is going to try to make us be the safest and the most protected possible. And even if you were to do that, it's going to say, do a little bit more. Just, 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 a little, maybe that's just a little bit, a little bit more. No, another five seconds of washing, then, then you'll be fine. Another five hours of showering, do that. It's always going to want more. One way to go about doing this, Dennis, is to say, I'm going to do what this benchmark is and I'm going to trust it. I'm going to go with it. Not knowing if that's absolutely right. And I know it sounds scary, but it's the same boat that everybody else is in. All we're doing is we're trying to do our best. So my encouragement here would be to, to quote, protect your family, protect you. Do what the do it the, the washing that they have said if and when you are exposed to something radioactive. Now, I know that your question is kind of murky and messy because you said this started a while ago. Um, uh, uh, maybe the timeline is confusing. I don't know if you're currently in this job or this is a job you had a while ago. Or you said you have fear of radiation for the past 35 years. So I don't know if you got this job 35 years ago. The timeline is somewhat helpful. 
And are you still with that job? So are you still exposed to, quote, radioactive material? Or is this something from a job from ages and ages in the past, right? So some of that is going to be at play. And again, I, I, I can't go through every different scenario here on the podcast. But, you know, if it's something where if you are currently exposed, well, again, we, we, we do the thing, we do the recommended thing. And then we let go of the certainty. We say, this is, this is what the professionals have said, so I'm going to do that. And boy, I hope I don't get cancer. And it's true, I hope you don't get cancer. Now, so I, I hope we've talked about a tangibly how to, how to address the physical part. Now, I know some of that might be, it, some of that might sound compulsive to some, but it's saying, here's the thing I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do anything beyond that, which would then be compulsive. You might notice an area of perfectionism. I need to do it just perfectly, just right. Well, we're not going to do it just right. And in fact, I would encourage you to do it not right. So this would be, again, further details to work out with a therapist if you can. So how do you deal with the emotional component to it? So from this, that's the part where there's no amount of washing that's going to tackle that or it's going to make you feel like you are not contaminated, especially since you've already done it. Theoretically, if you've done all the ruminations and compulsions, shouldn't you be okay? It illustrates your compulsions aren't doing what they promised. OCD is empty promises. High promise, low follow through. You're going to be okay and safe. It produces almost nothing. It produces a very fleeting sense of safety or comfort or confidence. So instead, we're going to say, I have to then embrace, I have to know that it's not going to feel right. But that's the part where we're sitting in and saying, I'm going to say this, this not feeling right doesn't mean that it's bad. It means that my autonomic nervous system, my, my, uh, my fight or flight system has kicked up. All right. My sympathetic nervous system has kicked in and I'm scared. Okay. Yeah. My brain is self-protective. Thanks brain. Thanks for looking out for me. But doing the thing that you're saying is not going to help. Washing more and more and more isn't going to help. Checking more and more and more is not going to help. Pull back on that and say, I'm going to pull back and I'm going to, I'm going to welcome this feeling, but not call it a fact. All right. Also call out those little reminders. You said like, you know, it's hard to take a step towards, uh, uh, towards treatment every duck day. I'm confused by that still, but all right. You're going to see things that are going to feel like they're reminders of the past. See things that your brain says, well, that's contaminated or that's bad. Point it out. Oh, yeah, contamination. And we're going to sit in the uncertainty. Maybe I'm contaminated right now. But unless you are coming in contact confidently with something that says it is radioactive, not something that, um, you know, from 10 years ago that you're reminding yourself of or not something that, um, uh, you know, could maybe kind of sort of be associated with something contaminated. I'm talking somebody says, hey, this is contaminated with radiation. Uh, you might want to wash. That's a pretty confident way. Uh, 
But but other than that, I hope I'm making sense here. But other than that, your brain is going to your brain already is going to be on the lookout, and it's already going to be borrowing associate borrowing from your imagination and applying that danger to potential situations. Right? You said you are anxious about filling uh, going through files signed by welders. You said welders use this product. Nothing said that welder used that product that day that they signed it. You are imagining that. You're placing that in or in in place of that. Now it's possible. Let's say it's probable. Eh, but I'm not even gonna say that. It's possible. I don't know. You don't know. Your brain is gonna round up to probable. We're letting it. We're letting go of the. We're letting go of trying to round up. We're saying I don't know. It is possible, but we need to sit with possible, and embrace possible. But it's also possible that they didn't do anything. But your brain's not considering that one. So, in that we can say again, hey, this is how my anxiety is being produced. Remember that conversation I had earlier today about Halloween? I can see how my anxiety is being developed and produced and how I'm coming to this conclusion, right? If you want more on this, I'm kind of drawing on the ICBT approach here. So, you can listen to some of the past episodes I've done on that or, or talk to people about that. Um, but it's also saying, all right, I, I see how my I see what my anxiety is, but now what's a more logical way to view this? You can say, I don't have certainty that somebody touched this. Touching this doesn't guarantee cancer. Other people have touched this, and it's, it's not to my awareness that they have cancer. You can say, if I were to, if there were, ah, no, I'm going to back up on that. I was going to say, if this were, uh, you know, radiated, here's the right way to handle this. But that's also buying into the belief that it was, in fact, radiated. Instead, we're saying, I don't know. And until I know for sure, I'm gonna, I can't treat it as if it is. I can't treat everything as if it is dangerous and cancer-causing just because there's an association with it. We're waiting for proof and and. But that's where we sit and we say, I don't know if today's the day. I hope it's not, but I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to try to refocus my energies and attention on something else. I'm going to know that there's this thought and there's this feeling. And I'm going to acknowledge it and say, yep, that's part of my memory. That's part of something that could happen to me. But it's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. It's not a fact. Not yet. And when it does, I'll deal with it but it ain't today. So where, where do I want to spend my energy? How do I want to do this? All right. So I might be missing some parts of this. And again, I could go, there's a lot of different avenues that we could go down with this, but you know, sometimes we just don't have time to go through each and every avenue. It will come down to ultimately Dennis accepting that we don't know. I don't want you to get cancer, but we can say, and as part of exposure, we can sit in those maybes it, and maybe doesn't mean you want it. It's maybe is just saying this, saying this might bring me discomfort. And I'm stepping into discomfort, not because it's a fact, not because it's, it's something that will happen, but because it's uncomfortable. So scripting can be really helpful for this. Scripting, writing a story about getting cancer because of that thing that happened so many years ago. Maybe. And reading that story over and over and over again. Maybe watching documentaries about people getting cancer Maybe docu documentaries about radiation, right? Maybe watching the, um, what, the Chernobyl 
movie, miniseries, documentary, I think they all came out at the same time, watching those. And knowing, yeah, this is going to be uncomfortable because my brain's going to say, this is me, this is my story. Well, no, this is their story. Your story is your story and they're different. And we don't know what your story is until we're in it. We don't, meaning, we don't know what the cancer story is. You know what your story is and your story is right now. So, separating those two, your brain is going to try to make the connection between this bit of evidence, this, this thing, and you. Remember, they're not the same. That's their story, not mine. And so scripting, you could even say, maybe today's the day that I have cancer. Maybe today's the day that I get it. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not fun for me to say, but it's not a guarantee. You could also say, maybe today's the day that I win the lottery. Maybe today's the day that I learn to fly. Maybe today's the day that, um, I don't know, think of something wonderful that could happen. Maybe today's the day that could happen. It's also possible. But notice that you don't get the anxious reaction from it. And to no surprise, right? Your anxiety wants to look out for you and gives you anxiety about scary things, not fun things, right? So we're sitting with and embracing uncertainty. Maybe today's the day this will happen. Yes, maybe. But we'll see. And we just keep going in life. And if it happens, we'll deal with it. If it doesn't happen, then we won't deal with it. But we're letting go of possible things and having to control everything and put all the weight of every situation on your shoulders because there's a lot of other things outside of just getting cancer from radiation that could befall you. You're not worried about losing your leg in a car accident today, are you? You're not worried about that asteroid coming down and bopping you on the forehead, are you? Those things could happen too. But your brain is hyper-focused on this. It's tunnel vision on this story. When that story of radiation comes up, we're going to go, yep, I know that story. I know all of it. And I've thought about it enough. I'm going to intentionally place it to the side, embrace the uncertainty and that feeling and say, all right, that feeling is going to be there for time as I go and live my life. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to go to trick-or-treating and I'm going to go, um, go for a run or for a walk or I'm going to go call up a friend and we're going to see how it goes. So, Dennis, I hope this has been helpful for you and I really appreciate this question. To anybody out there who's listening, if I missed something, let me know. If, I, if there was a part of it that I could have done different or better, let me know. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Dennis, if you want to give a little bit of feedback to this, go over to Fearcast Podcast and let me know how it went. What was different? How have you been working on it? What's been better? What's different? We want to know. And I'll slide the, the, um, the music in right here. Everybody, thank you so much for making it through this episode. I hope this is not one of those episodes that I, I messed up on in terms of posting it or not posting it or doing it wrong. I don't know. But I hope that you are all well, and I hope that you are all gearing up for a, 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 a wonderful holiday season. So it's the, it, it's the, I don't know, I really like this time of year. I'm looking forward to it. So um, please remember, everybody, that the FearCast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your recovery, Go to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the Find Help link, and there's going to be some information for you there. But until then, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.